As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined, as always, by the one and only Shooter McGavin. What's up, dude? Uh, not a whole lot. I've got one bone to pick this week. Oh. Which doesn't affect us now, because we're recording a day after once again on Thursday, but... Why did they not slide Salt Lake down to 8 o'clock? I don't know. I was so excited. I thought we'd be able to record at like 9, get I know. down at like 10.30. I know. It's like, I, I get it. I guess it's like, but this is what I was going through. I'm like, all right, it's a West Coast show. So they want the West Coast to be involved, whatever. Beverly Hills was always at 8 o'clock, and mm. that's their highest rated show. So why wouldn't they slide it down to 8, and then Andy can get on at 9 if you want to do that, and then watch what happens lives over at 10, he gets home early. Everybody wins in this situation. I agree, and I, I kind of got bummed out. I was excited to have an early evening, and you know, it ended up being a shorter evening because we had a multitude of technical difficulties. This stupid audio box thing keeps clicking every time we try to record. So I went on YouTube for like an hour this morning, I sat there watching like I'm like 30 minute long videos on how to properly fix this or address this. So when I got home from the gym, I was like, all right, I'm going to hammer this out. I sit down, plug it in. I do a test run. It worked totally fine. Of course. That's, yeah. that's how it always happens. Which drives me insane. But, you know, we're here. We're recording. And just let everybody know that we are going through it to yeah, get you guys the content that you want. So we're recording in our old studio, the, the sunroom, which is, you know, it's nice to be back in here. But oh, yeah. my neighbor decided that he was going to weed whack every inch of his lawn for the past 45 minutes. So yep. we got delayed again. It's like the universe doesn't want us to make a podcast. But guess what? We will persevere. We Troopers will power through because we're brav bros, and that's Absolutely. what we do. I have a question: What kind of deodorant do you use? Uh, I use Degree for Men. Okay, I switch it up only because I always forget. I don't. I don't have like bad body odor, which is nice. So I don't always wear deodorant, which is great. I'm glad you prefaced it like this. Okay. Yeah. Um. So when I go to buy deodorant, I never like have like a stick to it brand. I usually just grab some crappy Old Spice. It's really hard to pick these scents. Like, they all are so convoluted. Have you read through? Oh, yeah. Especially like, the Old Spice. Old Spice is like Dragon Village. Yeah. Like, whatever. And you're like, Timber what Mountain. Mean? And it's got like Essence of the Timber Tree and Charcoal and the Tears of a Baby. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it rivals their commercials too. Like, their commercials are so crazy. And it's for a scent. For a man, so it's like, what do you, what, what are we getting at? Here? I, don't I don't really. Know. I, I just want it to be pretty straightforward. Like, we need to talk to like Doctor Squatch and get like a sponsorship, so we get some non-chemical deodorant up in here and smell some, like a Brav Bro. Yeah, smell like oh, some Brav Bro deodorant. Yeah, Brav Broderant. I usually just go for like a clean scent. I don't like to, like you said, it, it gets very convoluted with all the scents and stuff. Plus, it really doesn't matter because I feel like you smell it when you put it on, and then like. Two or three hours later, if you go to smell again, yeah, give it, give it a little whiff to the pit. It, it just smells clean, so who cares at yeah. the end of the day? But I was like sitting there smelling all of them, and you know what it took me back to? Smelling candles at Yankee Candle? Oh, no, that always gave me a headache. But um, Axe Body Spray. Oh, God. And I went back to the, I had a flashback to this moment in, in middle school, and you know, everyone was crushing Axe Body Spray back oh, yeah. then. 
my mom was like, what the hell is that? I got in her car and she's like, oh, like you smell pretty much like a frat boy. Like, what are you wearing? And I was like, mom, I'll have you know. One of the girls in class smelled me for like a really long time today. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, that does bring you back to like locker rooms in high school. And it just had that scent because everybody was using it. You you know, practice or whatever. And if you don't feel like getting a shower, you just spray it everywhere. And then the whole room smells like chemicals and all the scents are all getting together. But like I had like at least four or five different cans, like Old Spice, Axe, whatever. Different flavors. Yeah, different flavors of depending on what I wanted to do. And like, what the hell was I thinking? I have no idea. I had different things. Like if it was Friday and we were going out after practice, I would do this scent. If it was a Thursday and I was going home, I'd have this one. Or I just wouldn't do it at all. It's like, what? Like, Or I would play basketball like during the day and go back to school, which is so funny because like you sweat through your clothes at that mm-hmm. point. We had to wear shirts and ties and blazers. And it, it just doesn't really make any sense when you look back. And it's kind of funny. But there are still people out there that use that. So. Oh, I know. I saw it in the gas station the other day. When that's, I was, that's where it, yeah. Yeah, well, and there was guess. like a whole row because I kind of got a whiff and I was like, hmm, what is that? And then it kind of started this thought in my head. And then I went to buy deodorant afterwards. I was like, oh, I'm going to see if Shooter wore Axe body spray. Um, so that's where my head was at. But There you go. It's for truckers who, uh, you know, they're on like 15-hour drives, probably haven't slept in that 15 hours on different caffeine pills. And they're like, ooh. I smell a little funky. Let me get some Axe. A little Axe body spray for the last five miles. I appreciate it. I mean, at least they're trying. But um, we got to start this episode off with a little birthday shout out, um, which comes with an anecdote. So I was down in Texas last week, as you know, with my daughter, and we were staying with some family friends, and, um, and me and the husband went and took the kids to gymnastics one morning. So we were just sitting there watching them do gymnastics, and some of his high school friends were there. And one of the moms, after like 20 minutes, looks at me and goes, I introduced myself in the beginning. I was like, hi, I'm Steele. Nice to meet you guys. And she looks at my hat. And it's the Bravo Bros hat. And she goes, is that a Bravo hat? And I was like, yeah, I actually have a Bravo podcast with my buddy. And she was like, okay. She goes, when you said your name, I was like, there's no way this is Steele. Like, you're, a, you're the Bravo Bro. Like, I love you guys. Well, it was a really, it was an awesome moment. Like, I was really kind of like, whoa, that's kind of cool. But, um... I wanted to give her a shout out. So Casey, if you're listening, it was her birthday last week. Um, Nikki and James wanted to wish you a happy birthday. Nikki and James are my friends from Texas. They let me stay at their house when I'm down there. So big shout out to Casey. Happy birthday. Sorry it's a week late, but we didn't have time to record it last week. Hope you have a great birthday or had a great birthday. And with that, by the way, like shameless little plug here, but uh, if you guys want a birthday shout out, we are actually on Cameo now. So head to Cameo. We will give you a birthday shout out a happy anniversary if you want us to break up with your significant other we'll do that too or if you want to convince your significant other to watch bravo if you want to bravo bro in your life and he's being stubborn bring us into the fold yeah we'll put it into terms that only he can really understand and we'll bring him into the fold exactly yeah we'll, we'll convince him with that it's time for what's quickly becoming my favorite segment is rose and thorn so I have a couple of good ones this week, uh, but why don't you start us off with, with your rose and thorn? All right. So I'm going to start off with a thorn per usual, get the bad news out of the way first. This is something that went completely under the radar. A couple of weeks ago, everybody knows I went on a Dorit rant talking about her and how I just don't like her and she does nothing for the show. I missed this comment and it was really funny, but mean. And this person said, and we, we don't mention the, the thorns. We'll mention the roses. Make sure you get your good comments out there. The thorn said, Dorit is an icon. She's better than any mustache you could ever grow. <laughs> I didn't see that. Yeah, one. I know. I didn't see it either. And I was just like scrolling through Twitter. And I'm like, like I, I don't really understand how I missed it. 
because I genuinely look for these things. And we do this every week where we look for like the bad comments, usually try to get on the error side of funny, but seeing this one a couple weeks later really got me <laughs> thought it was really funny. So throwing that one out there, did it make you look at yourself in the mirror? Like question your mustache. No, that's the thing is like, I don't, we've had mustaches since, and our, you know, listeners from months ago will understand this. When Top Gun came out, Steel thought that he looked like Rooster, so we did mustaches. Steel got a lot of support thing. that he looked like Rooster, by the way. Steel thought that he looked like Rooster, so we, <laughs> so we, you know, I, in solidarity, did the mustache thing, and I kept it, because you know what? I like it. I like to have it, and uh, I went through a whole thing where I saw, like, 22-year-old kids having them, and then I get lumped into that, like, oh, you're a little older. You think you're trying to be young with the mustache? No, I just like the mustache. I so think that fuck you, you. You, can, you actually pull off the mustache well. I don't think I did. I didn't feel comfortable in it. I thought it looked kind of funny. Yeah. You, you're a good mustache guy. Thank you. Appreciate that. So moving on to my rose. And all right. So this one came to us from TikTok. It's from msleeve underscore 88. Shouting them out, as we always do for the roses. It said, this is why men watch Bravo. This is a whole angle I've never even considered. This was about the Michael Darby thing where we said that maybe he's behind spreading the news about their separation to try to separate himself more from Ashley. This is what you're going to get with us. This is why we do this. We're going to give you different perspectives. And as we talked about last week, we're going to change our opinions because we are presented with new information every week. That's the whole point of watching the show. So we are out here giving you the male perspective and that's what we want to do. And we do it pretty well. I like that. Yeah. I, I like to think that we give, you know, at least honest insight. We're going to be honest and sometimes we fuck it up and then we'll tell you that we fucked it up. And Absolutely. we stand by that. Like in the moment, we'll tell you how we feel. If we get proven wrong, we will come on next week and say, yeah, we were wrong. They're right. Let's move on. Yep. But those are good, good rose and thorn. Thank you. Good what rose do you and got thorn. for us? There we go. So I always like to start with the rose and then finish with the thorn, as you know. So my rose comes from Tatiana Ward on Twitter. Something about two seemingly heterosexual males chatting about Real Housewives of Potomac in the middle of my city, quote unquote Philly, just really makes my heart sing. The housewives are for everybody. I totally agree. It goes in tune with what you just said about your rose and thorn. So thank you for recognizing that we are just trying to break down the walls of Bravo, let everybody in here so we can all enjoy some really good reality TV. And that goes to my thorn, which is kind of a, like a backhanded compliment. I love backhanded compliment comments. Like they're probably my favorite because it just, it takes a lot of effort to type out a compliment and then finish it with another sentence that shits on you. So this one was really funny to me. This was actually on Reddit. I didn't know we were on Reddit, but apparently we we're on Reddit. So this person, we're not naming names, says solid takes, but we need to girl boss, gaslight, and gatekeep these guys out of here. This is for the girlies and the gays. How are you going to compliment our takes and then instantly say, get the fuck out of here? Again, all of these comments kind of line up. I'm glad that we have similar rows and thorns this week just because this is what we're fighting against. Like, we just want it to be for everyone. It's not that much to ask. It's fucking Bravo TV. You shouldn't tell anybody what to watch on television. That's a stupid concept. If you enjoy something on TV, I don't care if it's fucking cartoons. If you like cartoons, go watch cartoons. If someone tells you they're stupid, they're fucking stupid. I love cartoons. Point. Cartoons are Case Anime point. too. You know, anime is for adults. But anyway, I, that's why I tried to do on Twitter, I tried to get hashtag housewives for everybody trending just because you are straight, gay, a girl, a guy, whatever. If you like something, just watch it. If you want to talk about it, you talk about it. It's we'll talk everyone. about it with you. 
Yeah, we'll talk about it. If someone's not talking to you about something that you enjoy watching on TV, holler at us. We'll fucking watch it, and we'll talk to you about Look, it. Look, I mean, maybe if Elon gets in the business of putting entertainment out there and he wants to do applications to watch certain shows, we'll talk about it at that point. But for now, it's for everyone. So it's we're going to enjoy everyone. it. That takes us to the Bravo news this week. We got some bombs to drop or that were dropped on us that we need to discuss. I want to talk first, and I think you're going to be the foremost expert on here. You have a much better memory when it comes to sports and names and things like that. So in the news, it came out that Juan Dixon is now named in a lawsuit against Coppin State where his assistant coach allegedly catfished one of the players on their team. Now, this assistant coach, I guess, has a checkered past with some sketchy stuff going on. Again, you probably know more about it. So let's let's dive into the Juan Dixon drama. Yeah, and essentially what happened is there's really no other way to put this. Juan Dixon is in a very similar situation that Joe Paterno was in. He's the head coach. He's the head of basketball operations for Coppin State. And his one of his assistant coaches was apparently catfishing, blackmailing, and getting you know nude photos or sexual sexual content from one of the players while posing as you know a different person, which yeah obviously it's not at the same level as what Penn State went through a couple of years ago, but still what happened is this was all brought to allegedly this was all brought to Juan's plate and shown and said hey your assistant coach is doing some shit out there that is not good it's putting the players in danger. This is, you know, this is all the evidence that we have. And Juan, while he didn't actively sweep it under the rug, it looks like it's not like he, you know, tried to hide anything or did anything. He just took it under consideration and nothing really happened. Mm -hmm. So it's a really, really, really bad look for him. And I don't really know where it's going to go from here in the current climate with everything going on. I can't imagine that he's going to be able to stay as the head of basketball there. There's absolutely no way that you can justify keeping him, whether it's the current climate or not. I mean, I'm glad that the climate is the way it is for reasons like yeah. this, just because it brings to light the fact that, you know, if your players cannot feel comfortable and safe in an environment that is made to be a safe place for these athletes, especially at school, like, you know, as a former college athlete, we don't join frats really at a certain, like once you get to a certain level, you just don't have time for that kind of stuff. So your fraternity becomes your team. It becomes your safe haven. So if you lose that sense of safety and the guy that you look up to, like my coaches were there to take care of me. Like when I had an issue, I went to my coaching staff. That's what we all did. So if you feel like you can no longer do that, then yeah, honestly, you need to be removed from your position. Like there's no other way around it. Like you fucked this up. Unfortunately, you're presented with a scenario. You didn't do anything about it. And pretty much like you're lying by omission just by not addressing it. You're actually creating a worse environment because that to me says that you're backing up your coach. You're not worried about your player safety because you allowed this to kind of continue. And I, I think that the assistant coach claims that it was a third party. So we're getting some kind of weird where he was talking. I think he was relaying information to one person. That person was talking to the player. The player sent him the video. Then he reported back to the, I don't know the ins and outs of it yet. I think obviously more will come to light as this investigation continues, but really shitty situation. Yeah, really not a good look. And I mean, as the, the head coach and the head of basketball operations, you're the one who's hiring these coaches. You're the one who's overseeing all of their actions. And let's be entirely frank on this. It's not a D1 school. There's not a ton of money coming into this. You don't really have to think about like your 
program and the, the standing of which it is in the university and how much money it brings in the university. It's what compensates D2, D3? I think they're D2. Probably D2. So it really shouldn't, it, it should just be a no brainer. Like if this, something like this happens in any, any college university, any pro team, whatever, something like this happens, you, you just remove the person immediately. immediately. It doesn't matter. Like if there's enough evidence that somebody brought to you, it's not like there's rumors out there that maybe he's involved and you're like, all right, I'll look into it and see what happens. This is legit. Like right. there was evidence that was brought to you. That should just be the end of it. It's an assistant fucking coach. I know. Get rid of them. And that's the thing. Like it's you put, easy. You put your profession and your career on the line for this guy. Now, maybe you feel like you owe something to him, but at the same time, like you owe something to your team, to yeah. that player. You need to make sure that they know that you have their backs. So they're not going to get preyed upon by some creepy fucking coach. Absolutely. Couldn't put it better myself. Up next, this has been making the rounds in all Bravo accounts. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone's posting about it. We have a collab relationship going on between two very interesting people. And I actually, I have thoughts on this. I feel a certain way. I want to get your thoughts first. Ashley from Potomac and Luke from Summer Slash Winter House. They seem to be an item. Like, they seem to be a legit item. What's your knee-jerk reaction? How do you feel about this pairing? Surprisingly not bad about it. Honestly, I, I did... I mean, there are two people that I don't really care about Ashley a whole lot. You know, she's going through a lot of shit with Michael, but you kind of see the way that she stands with him. And we talked about it at length last week. And then we had our issues with Luke as well with Winterhouse and, you know, kind of where he is. It seems like they genuinely like each other. I mean, Luke was on Watch What Happens Live last week talking about his quote unquote relationship with her. And, you know, like I just told somebody that, you know, I thought that she was attractive. She's pretty cool. So they started doing the things at BravoCon where they would have a panel up there with kind of like a mixed amount of shows up there at one time. And he positioned himself so that he would sit near her. And it's just like, it's a nice thing to see. And then we get to see kind of Ashley hanging out with the whole Summer House crew. So she was, first she went to a Capitals game with Luke and it looks like it was just the two of them that went there. And then the next day they went to a Commander's game with Carl and Lindsay. And there were a couple other people in the suite, but it was Carl and Lindsay that were there. And Ashley, being Ashley, had them all doing TikTok dances, which is mm -hmm. kind of funny because you see Carl in the background like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, oh, no, did you see Luke? Oh, Luke was getting after it. No, Luke cannot dance. He was still trying to get after he it. He was, but my man's got no rhythm. No. I mean, if the best thing that could come from this is just a nice relationship. Luke is fine. I don't really need to see him on other shows. You know, he's not like that captivating of a character or of a person. So he's not going to bring a whole lot to a storyline on like Potomac. But... It's just nice to see, you know, they're having a good time. I like it. And it's like worlds colliding between shows, which is what we always do. We love that. We yeah. do like that. I... Now, I mean, that being said, the commanders suck. So fuck the commanders. They do and Carson commanders, Wentz. Yeah. Just, you know, we don't care about that. You know, if they want a real show, they can come to Philly on Monday night. Oh, my God. Should we invite them to an Eagles game? Yeah. I'll pay not? for those tickets. Sure. That would be great. That would be fun. Get that out there. Start tagging them and saying that we're going to pay for their Eagles ticket. We want to go. Me and Shooter want to double date with Ashley and Luke. Yeah. We'll, we'll throw that into our list of uh, our bucket list of Bravo things right next to the, the golf outing that we're going to have. Yeah. I look forward to that. My thoughts on this. This makes complete sense to me because you got Luke who goes head over heels madly in love at like the first sign of any kind of affection. That's what we've seen from him. It seems to be his MO. He gets like really into relationships really fast. Ashley is ride or die for a man that is pretty much openly cheating on her for the extent of their marriage. She's able to look the other way. 
When you get two people like this, I feel like they're just going to love bomb the shit out of each other, and they're both going to fucking love it. I think they're going to feed off of that energy. I see this one going for a while. Do I think it's going to go the whole way? I don't know. I don't think this is marriage material. As far as this being like a very loving, successful relationship, it does make sense to me. And look, for both of their sake, especially after this week watching Jess on Winter House, and it's kind of changed my opinion of just everything that's gone on in the Winter House. Like I have more sympathy for Luke now with Ashley. Look, do I agree with how she handles situations? No, no. It's really frustrating to watch her defend Michael, but at the same time, she is in a position where she feels the need to. So clearly she's going through something where she's trying to handle it the best she can. So if these two can get some kind of happiness, you know, we've seen Luke season after season after season have unsuccessful relationship after unsuccessful relationship. Like no matter what this man does, it never seems to work out for him, right? If this is their comeuppance and they can be happy for an extended period of time, both of them, because like you said, they're both kind of meh. They're both on the back burner a little bit. I mean, Ashley's taking center stage this year as a disaster on Potomac by trying to stir the pot unnecessarily. But if they can just like cheer each other up for a little while, I'm fucking here for it. Whatever. Like, I, I like it. And I, like you said, the colliding of the worlds is one of my favorite things. I love when you get, because it kind of brings the, the sports aspect into it a little bit where now I'm like, oh, people are getting traded. People are moving. Like, so I, I like it. I like it a lot, actually. Which is the perfect segue into our Winter House portion. And what are your thoughts on Winter House? I mean, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I think it's kind of all over the place, but in a good way. It's kind of like mindless TV, which is arguably why I started watching Bravo to begin with. Yeah, I, that's a good way to put it. Um, now, and there's two ways to kind of look at this. I, the way that you just said, where it's like, it's mindless. There's not a lot of emotion. There's not a lot of drama that really like, pulls you in or, or gets you pissed off or makes you feel for a character or whatever. Or I keep saying characters as if this isn't real and I got to stop doing that. I mean, probably. they are but characters. Th yeah, they are characters. Fine. We'll leave it at that. When they break the fourth wall, it shows you that they recognize that they do play a exaggerated version of themselves on television. Yeah, that's a good point. But there, there's that way to look at it. And then there's the other way to look at it, which is as a podcaster, it doesn't give you a whole lot to talk about. There's not a lot of substance there. Yeah, we're adding Tom and Tom in, which is great. They Love were them. great. They were so good. Yeah, they, they added a new element, which is kind of fun. But it's more of the same. And I've said it before. It's sort of just like an extension of Summer House. And we get to see that. And it looks like we're going to have to see a little bit more of it next week. But you have Jess and Rachel talking in the room about how you know, the guys are all like nice and friendly and they're easy to break into. The girls are so guarded and it's, I mean, they're not mean girls. I, I don't like the term mean girls for them. I mean, for Beverly Hills, yes, they are mean girls. But for like Paige and Amanda sitting there, like they're not mean girls. They're just really close and they talk all the time. So another girl coming into that, like, yeah, just be pleasant and whatever. But you're not, you can't expect to be best friends with everybody going into it. So you get a little bit of that, and we got a lot of that in Summer House with Sierra breaking into it last year or the year before, and it just seems like more of the same, but it is essentially just a long party. I will comment, however, those games were very poorly organized. They were, they were not well done, no. No, and I, I feel like there's so much more you can do. You can just play normal drinking games outside. You don't have to like incorporate the snow no, into no, it. No, no, see, I disagree. I like the effort going into like, hey, let's make the most of the environment out here. I, I like the sledding part. Now, 
you need to make two clear tracks. Like everyone's getting stuck halfway down the hill and running the rest of the way. Oh, to we're the getting point, into the specifics of this. Right. Yeah, yeah. To the point where Paige almost lost all of her front teeth and yeah. took it like a fucking champ, hops up, flips the cup, runs back up. Good for you. Not like your bitch boyfriend, Craig. But, oh, I said it. I've got a lot of thoughts on Craig this week. We'll get to him. Um, but I like the whole dynamic out there. I thought that that was a fun way to set it up. Very poorly organized. And I mean, maybe, yeah, like highlight where the rocks are. But at the same time, there's like 10 inches of snow. You can't highlight the fucking rocks. Like, Craig, get the fuck over it. But I want to talk real quick before we kind of move on from it, just with the whole Mean Girls thing. And when it goes to Jess's confessional, the way that she talks about it, she's like, I'm just very intimidating because I'm so pretty. And I'm just this and I'm just that. It's like such a weird way to approach it. Like you want these girls to accept you. You want these girls to like, you just want to fit into the house. Don't walk around like your shit doesn't stink and that you are prettier than them, that you're cooler than them, that you get along with the boys better than them. Like stuff like that just rubs multiple people the wrong way. And if you're trying to get tight with Amanda and Paige, you can't act like you would have the ability to steal Craig if you wanted to. Like that was such a weird thing that to say. That was a weird thing to say. I also do think that this is the weird element that we get with Winterhouse specifically is we get randoms put in there. And usually like if it's a guy like Andre last year, yeah, he hooked up with Paige, but he also got along with all the guys and it seems like all the girls really loved him because one, he's very attractive. Two, he's a gentleman for the most part. I mean, obviously behind the scenes, he's like, he might be moving around like Corey does, but as a girl, and I feel more for Rachel because Rachel was like, she was the florist at Amanda and Kyle's wedding and they invited her up and she's like, yeah, this could be a cool opportunity for me. Get me out of my comfort zone. And she's out of her comfort zone. And she brings it up in a normal way where she's very like, genuine. She's like, I, you know, I'm not that close to them. Like, yeah, all the guys are very easy to talk to, but I'm not really that close to the girls and I don't really know how to break into it. And then you get Jess on the other side and, and I will never like, could you imagine going to a group of guys and I know guys are different, but could you imagine going into a group of guys and being like, I, you know, I feel like they're intimidated by me because I'm so good looking No, because I work out all the time and like, they don't like, I don't really get that aspect. And I know there's a different level of it when you're a girl and you think about those things. And we won't understand that part of it. But but. I feel like at all times, if you're just nice and genuine and like, if you're not a dick and you're funny and you like crack a few jokes, like people will warm up to you. This is a normal situation. You knew what you were getting into by going on this show. Like, yeah, maybe you thought, all right, yeah, I'll get paid a little bit extra. Like, that'll be fine. It'll be like a good comeuppance for me in this situation. But you got to know the relationships going into it that these girls are close. They have shows together. They hang out all the time. You were just a friend of that got invited up. Why don't you just stick to your friend of and then you can be in different factions. You don't all have to be hunky-dory together. Hey, do it like Olivia did on Southern Charm. She kind of took her time. She got to know people. And by the end of it, like, she was part of the crew. Like, yeah. I liked Olivia. She had a good season. I think, it again, it is a little tougher because it is two straight weeks. I agree. Like, I agree. you're tired. You're burning the candle at both ends. You're doing shit during the day. And then you're drinking until 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Then you're back at it again. Like, it will get exhausting. And we're, I don't know, what is this, the third, fourth episode? Sure. Yeah. Sure. So we're, <laughs> let's say we're like eight days into this. And yeah, Tom and Tom just showed up. But they're already friends with people. So they'll be fine. And they're so likable. They like, are. They're just like, and like Sandoval in Vanderpump is not as likable a lot of the time. He does a lot of things that piss a lot of people off. But Schwartz yeah. is always this like gentle dude that just kind of like does his own thing and he puts his foot in his mouth. But he's so sweet that it's hard to stay mad at him. It's like they're a good dynamic. But, you know, the biggest thing for me and like, we don't speak on it because it's not our place, but like objectively speaking, 
objectively speaking, Paige and Amanda are gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So for you to sit there and be like, well, I'm prettier than everybody is just like a weird thing to say. It is. It's just a weird thing. And going back to just kind of the whole of the show, I really am just viewing this as like sort of like an intermission act where it's between the mainstays. So, you, you know, we, we're done with Summer House. We won't get that until, I don't know, January. I never know when these shows are coming on. And then Vanderpump's coming on. So we get to kind of see a little bit of the behind the scenes where we didn't have access to that before, aside from like the tabloids. Right. So we're getting a little bit more where instead of waiting until Vanderpump starts, we get to know where Schwartz is with Katie. Instead of waiting until Summer House starts, we get to eventually see Lindsay and Carl together and how that's going. And Paige and Craig with Southern Charm. Like we got a little bit of that in Southern mm. Charm, but now we're seeing a different element of that Oof. where Paige is like, I don't know if I really even like Craig that much. Because I don't know if anybody could like Craig in the state he's in. He has changed a lot too because he's always been, Austin has always been the overbearing dick where he's just, he's such an asshole that Craig looks nice in that situation. That's a good way to put it. I think is honestly why Paige and Craig hit it off so well because Paige hated Austin and Craig would oppose Austin even though he's his best friend makes him look a little bit better. But now Austin is kind of taking a step back, even though he keeps fucking talking about the Sierra thing. I'm so done with the Sierra Austin thing. (laughs) Move on. We're done with it. It's so stupid. It's so ridiculous. I like it. Fuck you. I like it. It doesn't make any sense. It's so like it it was a thing that happened last summer. We were tired of it during summer house. It spilled into Southern charm. We're tired of it then. And now the only kind of funny thing that comes from it is Austin talking like he's in a relationship with Olivia, which maybe they were at this point in time in February, but they're not anymore. So I don't know. I just don't need the, I think honestly, Sierra's done with it too, but it looks like next week she still has feelings no, about dude, it. That's it's what fucking the, annoying. The vibe I'm getting from her this whole time, like she, and she even says it in this episode, like I still have a lot of feelings. Like she's not over it. She really likes Austin. And look, third party they make sense to me i i think that they would work out that's why like this newfound austin that we're kind of seeing where he's like he talks about his behavior in the summer house he talks about some of the stuff that he didn't like about himself like he's actively trying to change like good for you i do not like i don't like this and people have done it a lot on these shows the last like two years and like the longest or the duration that we've been doing this I don't like when people use therapy in arguments. Don't tell people they need to go to therapy. That's like not the time and place to do it. I like it rubs me the wrong way. She's like, you just need to like go to therapy. Like that's a big thing to say when this man just apologized and he seems to be trying to like show you in certain ways that he has gotten better at the same time. He is being very flirty. So like it is kind of mixed, but don't be like, you need therapy, bud. Like that's just, it's too strong. And I don't like when people do that. I do think that like, Look, I think therapy is great. I think it's great that people are openly talking about therapy. I mean, we saw it with Luke and we can kind of, I mean, we, this is what we're going to do when we watch these shows. We can kind of analyze situations. We can see Luke actually using the things that he learned in therapy to address himself. That's awesome. That's great. But then there's also the bad side about talking about therapy and that's people using it in arguments, like you right. said, because they're like, oh, well, everybody's open about talking about therapy now. Now I can tell someone to go to therapy and it won't be a bad thing. No, that's still pretty bad. It's strong to like, say that to you're implying that you are more capable mentally than this person. That's yes. what it does for me. And I'm like, that's not a cool thing to say to anybody. No. But I will say, I'm loving, loving 
the bromance between Kyle and Schwartz. Yeah. I think it's so genuine. And I think that it's coming from a place where Kyle really understands. And the difference is Kyle learned some of his shortcomings and became better. And like that, a lot of that I think is because they finally got married. And it's also because Amanda's fucking ride or die. Like she did not bounce. And there was a lot of moments she could have, there was the cheating scandal. There was the behavior at the summer house. Like there's a lot of time she could have thrown in the towel and did not. Katie, on the other hand, and I'm not saying that she's wrong for this, but she was, you know, she got fed up and for all intents and purposes, what we see from Schwartz and how he's talking, like it was rightfully so. He says, you know, I wasn't present. I wasn't there. I wasn't doing my part. I was mediocre. That's the word. And he says that like I was mediocre. And Kyle is a shoulder to cry on because he understands like being stuck in your own little world in this stress ball. We got so much going on. Schwartz has the bar. He's got problems at home. He's got tough like filming the show for Vanderpump. Like there's a lot of things happening here where it becomes overwhelming. And Kyle is one of the best people to speak on that, I think. So like there's some moments that we get in these shows and they're few and far between, but they are purely genuine, real moments where you see two people actually connect on an, like a, on an issue. Well, we saw it with Amanda and Paige too yeah. on the ski yeah, slope. Yeah, on the ski slope. Where everything, that, or everything that Paige was saying about Craig that she didn't like. And look, like maybe she was turning a blind eye to some of it because it was a new relationship. Like you're in that honeymoon phase where you're like, no, I, I remember all of the things that I really do love about well, Craig. Well, they never lived together. They've never lived together. And this is, I mean, again, we're not sure, but we think it's like day seven, day eight. They've been together for seven, eight days, and they both said this is the longest we've ever been together. Yeah. I don't know how long they've been dating, but it's a little surprising that they haven't been together for like a week. More than a week, right? Yeah, and like, like that's, it's funny because like Dev will still say to me, because like in my row home when I lived on New Street, like every time she came over, my house was spotless. Yeah. Like, yeah, no shit. I'm trying to impress you. You're going to come over. My house is going to be clean as a whistle. And now she's like, well, I just don't care. Like you leave your socks everywhere, this and that. Like, why don't you clean up the house? I'm like, ah, you know, like, I, of course I still need to like clean up after my, and I'm not a dirty person, but like, no. of course I need to clean up and like do things But there things are little the things that you do in your own home right. after an extended right. period of time. So, like like if you... it's a long weekend, you're going to leave some shit around. Like it just exactly. happens. Exactly. So like, it's just kind of, you know, but you kind of see that. Paige knew this going into it the first day when Craig did that weird move where he put all of their clothing all over the room to claim their spot. That was so bizarre. That somebody, doesn't make any sense. But I, I mean, at the... I, at the time, I guess I understood it because you knew the Kyle was going to walk in and be like, we want the biggest room. Do Paige, kind of, do Paige and Craig deserve the biggest room? Yeah, I, I don't know. Whatever. Not after that behavior. Not, Certainly if you're, not. If you're claiming your spot via pissing all over it with your clothes, like you don't deserve that room. That's childish. And this is where we're, we're going to tie a bow on this segment with some Craig talk because we got a lot of questions and comments over the past week where it's like, what are you guys going to say about Craig? Like, that's your boy. Like, that's your favorite. Like, he's not, he was our favorite because it was nice to see Paige and Craig, two people who, I mean, Paige has always just kind of like been behind the scenes, like talking shit in people's ears, trying to get whatever she wanted out of things. Craig has been seemingly fine. Like, yeah, we do see some bad issues with him and Naomi in the past and some issues with him and Austin, but the two of them together, at least towards the end of Summer House and then Southern Charm and then on social media. It looked nice, but like I was saying, the first day Paige brought up the fact that he's a hoarder. So yep. that means that she already knows of his shortcomings. She already Fair. knows of the things that irritate her. She just hasn't had to address them because they haven't been together for longer than three or four days in a row. So now you have to, and you have to learn these things. And it looks like, again, 
I haven't seen any updates on her social media, so maybe they are broken up or whatever. No, no, no. There's been pictures of them together. Okay. All right. Well, who knows? He's... I want you to talk about Craig because I know you've got strong feelings about it. I do. I I mean, I hate watching it because you see him just like take over and he gets wasted and just starts yelling at people and he says inappropriate things. And it's like, dude, this was Austin's behavior last summer. It was Kyle's behavior too. That you condemned crazily only because Paige was bitching about it probably. So you wanted to be on her good side, but you're doing the same thing. Corey said it the first day. He said, well, we're going to have relationship craig so he's not going to be him his usual self it looks like he's his, he's usual, his usual self, self. so i yeah i i want to dip into what you have because i know you've got some strong feelings yeah about it's this. just like look i was an advocate for craig for a while because i felt for him trying to pursue a passion and getting shit on for it like that part like hit home for me i appreciated everything that he was doing i appreciated like turning a blind eye to the haters and just kind of like doing your thing and moving forward that being said, that is not an excuse for this childish behavior that we're constantly seeing out of him. Like, dude, if we were at a weekend trip and you were fucking cracking pepper onto the floor in the kitchen, like you're grinding pe- what is that? Grow the fuck up. And then you're out there, you're playing games, right? That nothing in the world makes me angrier than when this kind of shit happens. It's a fucking game, dude. Your girl just took a digger right into a table and almost broke her face, hopped up, Finish the fucking game. You hit your knee on a goddamn rock and you lose your mind and ruin everybody's fun. I hate when people overreact. When people have those moments in a group setting and they're screaming at the top of their lungs and you know it's not that bad. You know it was something that, okay, that probably sucked for a second. Like you smacked your knee on a rock. But don't be like, it's cold, everyone's hurt. And then everyone goes, I'm actually pretty warm. And then everyone just goes, oh, we win, we win. Day over. If you're the guy that ruins everybody's fun and then they go in the house, everyone's cleaning up the house. I don't give a fuck if you're Bill fucking Gates. I don't care who you are, how much money you have. Get the fuck up and clean the house that you made a mess of. It's about pride. It's about owning your space. It's not about the fact that you're successful now so you can pay people to do it. I don't like those kinds of people. I don't like Craig right now. So for all those people out there, like, oh, that's your boy. That's your boy. Not when he's performing like this. It's horseshit. And if I have to hear him say Savvy B again, I will forever be out. I will forever be done and I will never come back on his team because the stuff he's doing right now is irreversible. Okay. He is putting a strain on Paige with everyone in the house. This is Paige's comfort zone. These are more her friends than his friends. Like you got Kyle, you got Amanda, you got Luke. Like Craig is coming into this and trying to be friendly with these people and he's doing the actual worst job that he can. And I can't imagine watching this back after it's all airing and him sitting there standing by what he's doing. And in this day and age, in this time that we live in, in 2022, people are much more capable of expressing their feelings, standing by their feelings, being more sympathetic to people's feelings. I can appreciate a lot of that. I think that's a great step forward. However, when it gets over-exaggerated, when it gets used as a crutch, when it gets used to defend yourself in an argument where you are wrong... When Sierra asked what's the salad, what's in the salad, don't get a fucking attitude about it because you di- I didn't make it. I'm just expressing my feelings. Fuck your feelings. In that moment, fuck you and your feelings because that's horseshit. You can't sit there and then use your feelings as a defense because like Paige says later, everyone has feelings and you're being very disrespectful to Sierra's. So sit there, answer the question, shut the fuck up, drink your savvy beat. You know who he looks like? And in that moment, who, who? I thought it was? Shep. Oh, very Shep. Very Shep-like. There you go. Now you got me calling Craig Shep. Yep. Look, 
We'll call That's it like we see like. it. So to all the people that I can think, see, I can see Shep sitting there saying Savvy B. I can see him not cleaning no, up. No, I'm not going to clean. No, I mean, the other part of this is, and look, I mean, Paige isn't clean in this situation. She sits around the whole time while they're cleaning up as well. All the girls are out there throwing shit away and talking about, but like, see, I think we that need is to like... hire a cleaner or whatever. She's just sitting back. And she did this last year. She does it in the summer house. Oh, she does. She okay. does not. She habitually does not clean up after their parties. It just never happens. She just goes on about her day. So part of it is her. Part of it is him. He's way more at fault because he's very outspoken and he, he gets on people's nerves all the time. Yeah, he's putting a strain on Paige's relationship with everybody else. But I think that her having that discussion with Amanda at least kind of alleviates a little bit on Amanda's side. I don't think that she was feeling anything. But it, it's just a tough look. And especially... Look, this is a great example of us pivoting and changing our opinion based off of what we see. We talked all summer and early fall about how we love them as a couple. Now we're watching them as a couple and we don't really like it. So we're saying we don't fucking like it. I like Paige too. Paige is fine. I have no issues really with Paige overall. I feel bad for Paige. She's trying, dude. She's trying and she just has to remove herself from the situation because it's so fucking awkward. Yeah, and she if she's outspoken towards Craig in the middle of it, then everybody's going to be like, ooh, that, that relationship's not going well. So she stands by him. But she's also like not really bringing it up in a good way to him. She's not really calling him out on his but bullshit it's a two-week trip, doors. and you're like locked in the same place with the same people. It's a you don't really want to get into a fight spot. with your significant other doing that because that could be really messy. But it is, it, it's just tough to watch. And again, it's, there's not a lot here. It's a good segue into the other shows and I'm excited for the other shows. And again, I'm excited to get the bits and pieces that we get from the different cast members of different shows pretty much during their off season. It's fun to watch and we can move on to a little bit more serious stuff with the housewives, you know? No, I guess we can kiss going on Craig's podcast. Goodbye. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Oh, I mean, Hey, if he wants to have us on, I mean, we'll, we'll really give it to him. We're not going to, I'll have a conversation with him about it. I'm not going to come yeah. in guns blazing. I just need to understand the behavior. And I, he was on Watch What Happens Live recently where he addresses it a little bit. And he says, like, I think watching it back showed that he did not enjoy watching it. So I don't know. And I'm not defending Yeah, but will it. he not change? Saying, That's the thing. Exactly. I've seen him say that before. Yeah, yeah. I've seen Austin say it before. Austin has changed a little bit. He's a little bit better this year than he was at Summer House and He's Winter significantly House last better year. There. But it's all about your performance afterwards. I mean... We talk about therapy pretty openly about this in the entire show. You, this is therapy. You just sure. watched yourself drunk, making a fool of yourself and making your girlfriend look stupid with all of her friends. Are you going to change that? Are you going to be a better person? We'll find out. I guess Summer House, we'll probably see more of them if him and Paige are still together. I guess they've been together all summer, so we should see them whenever the hell I that guess. comes out. I guess. I don't know when I'm the filming schedule is. I'm going to say February that comes out. Really? I think more court, no like, closer idea. to the summer. I, I, get your get, prop bets in, baby. Well, that's the other thing is we get these notifications that like Beverly Hills is not filming right now, blah, blah, blah. And people are freaking out. And I'm like, well, I mean, they just finished the reunion. That's it's what tumultuous I thought. season. Let's just hang out for a couple of I know. And I, let, they also need to make, uh, we're getting into Beverly Hills again. God no. <laughs> but they do need to make in. some decisions on their cast. So give well, them Kathy's some Well, Kathy's got an ultimatum. She's not coming back if Erica and Rin are there. Exactly. Here well, we I think if Rin is gone, Kathy will be fine. But it looks like both Crystal and Rinna are on the chopping block as of now. And Diana is absolutely gone. She's definitely gone. She's gone. Yeah. Keep Crystal. I like Crystal. Yeah, Rinna I like Crystal is my too. I, I think we need that. Give Rinna, put her on pause. Whatever. No, she can, fucking kick her off. No, think, we're not doing this. We are not doing this. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the, yeah. the active housewives. 
we're in Salt Lake City now. See how fast we get sucked back in? It's like a like a dark cloud. But we're in Salt Lake. I enjoyed this episode. It wasn't my favorite episode, but I enjoyed it. And it's causing me to have a lot of questions. It's causing me to rethink pretty much everything about Salt Lake, as these shows will do to you. Heather kind of sucks this year. She's had a rough couple of episodes where... For all of the reasons that I liked her in the first two episodes, and it seemed like she was a good friend and she's going to stand by people. And you even said it when we were talking about Jen Shah in the current day. It seems like Heather's still talking to her and still supporting her because she stands by her friends. She's very hypocritical. Extremely hypocritical. We start out with the auditions and it's like the... And this got really fucking confusing for me because they're bringing in Angie number two. They're bringing in friends that I don't know their names. Like, there's a lot of people I don't commenting. think we really need to focus too much on the other. Like, the Angies, yes. But no, I don't want to focus on them at all. I'm just saying it, it I, Angie K is me. fine. It seems like she's okay. She's I, I'm going to eat those words probably. But, but present it more. Like, she just all of a sudden has a confessional. I was like, where the fuck did this come well, from? Well, I think she had a pretty good moment where she came out and she was Given the business to Angie H. Oh, I loved that. Loved part. that. Yeah, and, that was and, great. And and this is this is really. I'm, we're gonna put this out here right now. It's so tough for me to watch this knowing that Jen Shaw is guilty, because Jen does have some good moments where I'm like, I kind of feel for her here. I think she had a good point with that. I think that I'm rooting for her for a moment, and then I have to take a step back and be like, she's fucking guilty. So I can't do this. And like in that moment where Angie K is given the business to Angie H. Harrington. She is Harrington starts laughing and she's Harrington is drunk, by the way, absolutely drunk. She better be with that stupid fucking Whitney. (laughs) Whitney is so cringe. Everything. I can't stand it. That fucking flapper thing. First off, she thought it was a dance competition. There's no chance in hell. She thought it was a singing competition. I think she thought it was a performance competition overall. She came out and she's like, I had a great time at the singing competition. I did some pirouettes. What about your singing? You wouldn't really know that by Lisa because Lisa was flat. That was Lisa. That was look, something. Lisa was. She tried. She I, wasn't I'll give bad. Her that. She, she wasn't, wasn't bad. bad she was fine. And the I judges, she had judges clapping and being like, "That was so great." Like, no, they're they're lying. Yeah, but I think that if she had music behind her, it would have been better. Like, I think that there was ways for that to have gone more successful. However, it wasn't terrible. I've heard much worse. Like, That's credit cards do. By the way, oh. Lisa is the star this year. I love she Lisa. Is. I love Lisa a lot. Here's my theory about the whole choir thing all right and hear me out oh boy heather's sitting there and she talks about how she has so much on her plate and we get to see her go with uh with drea to her new location and she's talking about her business and then she's talking about her book and she's talking about to her publisher to her uh, her assistant who's like i gotta stop lying for you at this point you've missed every single date that we've needed and i am making a fool out of myself and she's like oh Oh my God, like this is just so hard to write. I keep going back and like pulling things out. This choir thing, why is she adding more to her plate? I don't know. She's avoiding doing the book. She doesn't, she's, she's looking at it. She's procrastinating. She's like, let me throw another thing on there and give myself oh, another reason to not write this book. I think she's so afraid. And, and we see that where she's like, my mom might not talk to me. My cousins might not talk to me if I put this in there. Like I pull this out, blah, blah, blah. Why are you doing the book in the first place? If you're thinking about like censoring yourself in all these situations, if you're not going to write a truthful book about your experience in the Mormon church and how you left and how you feel like you're no longer comfortable with it, 
then write the fucking book about how you're not comfortable with it. Stop censoring yourself and stop adding more things to your plate to procrastinate from doing it. It doesn't really make any sense. And in that moment, I'm like, oh, that's why she's doing the stupid choir thing. I, are we going to have to deal with this for the rest of the season? Like we're going to have all of them make it too. you see the scenes for next scene or for next week. Everybody's there. They have to though. Like only 10 people showed up to try out. So why are we having auditions? Why are we flying in the Mormon songwriter's son? Why are we flying in the American Idol contestant? Like it's a whole big show that she put a lot of time and energy into instead of doing the book. It's all bullshit. I don't really care about it anymore. I get that like this is kind of religion centric. So we're going to get a little bit of choir. We're going to get a little bit of church, whatever. I'm fine with that. But don't make it a main storyline, and I don't really want to see it. But back to Angie giving Harrington the business, it's just tough to watch because I want to root for Jen, and I can't no, because she's can't. guilty. And that's the thing. It's so tough. I was, <laughs> I was watching with Dev, and she was like, I hate it, but like, I like Jen this season. And that's the thing. Like you watch, If you take the lawsuit out of it, She's having a great year. Absolutely. She is. But at the same time, in the back of my head, like, and she does it for me. Like, I don't have to snap back into reality because then quickly she'd be like, I'm innocent. I'm like, ah, right. You suck. That's exactly the <laughs> yeah, same, same moment that I was like, ah, shit. Damn. Yeah. Like, you suck. And like, look, I'm not going to root for her ever because she's a horrible person. But as far as like a housewife performance goes, like, she's killing it. Like, she she's really is having a, a good job. season. And. And she had one of the most like iconic lines when she called Chris Harrington a fat fucking elf on the shelf husband. Yeah, it was a great line. And we, we referenced it last week because we saw it in the scenes and like I couldn't contain myself because I was laughing last week, laughing even more this week. It's so funny in context. And Lisa was just like taken back. Like, Whoa, where did that come from? Like, that is what he is. He's such a weird dude. And we talked about it in the beginning of the show. We thought this was going to start at eight o'clock. It didn't. So I ended up just rewatching last week's. He's such a weird dude. He's a, and he's, he's a strange cat. But Angie's, Angie's explanation of the whole thing makes no fucking sense. I, I know what he's doing. And Whitney actually pointed this out, which made Whitney the fucking smart person. And watch what happens live afterwards, which I hate saying. No, she has moments. You can't count her out entirely. I'm telling it's you. It's brutal, though, because I hate her. And then I, I support what she's saying. And then I dislike it. And then I'm cringed out. You need out. to start understanding that this is like what you're going to get from her. You can't expect one thing and then she does another because she's always going to mix it up. It's one of her charming qualities. Honestly, once you get used to it, you're like, oh, like she's every housewives franchise needs a wild card. You need a wild card. Before last year, it was Mary Cosby. She's gone. Yeah. So Whitney takes the role of full wild card and she plays it well because you never know what the fuck she's thinking. And at the same time, even when she's wrong or lying, she doesn't know that she's wrong or lying. She no, thinks that she's right. And she had a great moment at the end of the show where she actually called Heather out on her bullshit. And Heather got so flustered because she didn't expect it that she ran away from the whole thing. But Whitney had a good point, and it was on Watch What Happens Live afterwards. The whole him choosing Shaw Exposed as the username was for the clicks. Yes. Even though you're going after Lisa Barlow entirely, and that's the only thing you were doing, which... I've seen some things, but it looks like for like 98% of the time, he's just going after Lisa, which they say that Lisa also does, which I could see. Yeah, she probably but has. A she does it of, from her account, according to her. According to her, but I don't know. I could see Look, her having can, a couple of hey, fake Instagram. Hey, we don't know that, and we can't put that out in the world. As far as it. we know, she doesn't have it, though. We can say that we could see it, though. I Okay, sure. But at the same time, I thought that Lisa 
I think, first of all, I think it's hysterical, and this has happened multiple times, where the topic is about her. Like, the root of Shaw Exposed, like, is it using your name for clicks? Yes. Is that rude to you and your entire family? Sure. The account's not about you. The account is about Lisa, and she's sitting there while Jen is arguing with Angie H., who is creepily, like, sitting on top of Heather and, like, that not so understanding weird. what the point of the conversation is. She's, like, thanking Jen for being so raw. It's like, nah, dude, that's not the point. You got caught in a lie. You liked some of the comments that were on the post from Shaw Exposed. You have come out and said that you knew that he made the account in previous episodes. And now you're acting like you don't know what the fuck's going on because you're seemingly hammered. Like, it's such a weird scene. And the funniest shit to me is then Lisa goes, raise your hand if you're not Lisa Barlow's friend. Meredith didn't even raise her hand. Yeah. Like, Meredith sat there and was like, mm, but Lisa's that's right. That's where Heather is right now, where it makes no sense. She has had three straight episodes where she has a one-on-one -on -one with the person who is affected by either Angie or by someone else. Mm -hmm. She has a one-on-one -on -one with the victim, if you will. And then the very next scene, she brings the perpetrator there and is all friendly with them. And then she's fucking blown away when shit doesn't go well. And she's like, Everything I've done in the past doesn't seem to be working out. It's like, well, you keep fucking it up. You keep putting people in bad situations and then they get mad at you because in that bad situation, you are sitting and holding the person that is responsible yeah. for the drama. And, and I then, gave her benefit of the doubt last week and I was like, you know what? Maybe the editors are in this. Maybe the producers are in this somewhere where they're making Heather invite Angie to these things. Like, no, this week she was literally sitting on your lap and you were holding her like a baby. Yes. And you raised your hand when Lisa said that. Why? You were no friends with Lisa clue. as of last week. You're not friends with Lisa this week because you're supporting this weirdo with her fat elf on the shelf husband, who, by the way, again, watched last week once again when he admitted it to Meredith and Seth. She went over and held his hand as if he was admitting this whole thing and had to really get it off of his chest. And it's been a really tough time for him. I really need That's to support what I my said husband. Last week. She held his hand and went over and like, Good job. Like, I'm so proud of you. Like, fuck you. You're a weirdo. That's, I totally agree. And like the funniest shit, like to wrap this up and then we got to talk about one more thing, but Whitney, when she goes to Heather's at the end, like she's not being overly combative. Like she even says like, look, when Lisa sent that text, like, yeah, it upset me because it was very sensitive and it's about your father passing. And like, yeah, that was a very touchy subject. However, like from Lisa's standpoint, like she was trying to defend herself. That's a statement of fact. That is the situation. Like, you cannot get mad or upset with people because they're presenting you with facts. Like, that's what happened in the scenario. You get butthurt because you're getting called out on your shit. You have too much on your plate. You're overwhelmed. That is your doing. You put yourself in these scenarios. Do I feel for you that you have too much going on? Sure. That's a lot. Like, writing a book that's against your entire church and family has to be taxing on you. Sure. But when you're presented from a friend, like, they've been good friends for a long time. They're cousins, which I did not know until this episode. I didn't know that either. I was like, wait, what did she just say? Yeah, she drops the cousin. I'm yeah. like, you know, sit there and just listen for a second. Try to work through this amicably so you guys aren't at odds the entire time. The last thing that we need to talk about, because I hated it. I hated every second of it. If I could have fast-forwarded through it, I would have. That fucking scene with Meredith and Seth in the bathtub. Oh, see, I didn't mind it. I actually thought Ew. it was kind of... She said she stuck her foot. He says, get your toe out of my ass. Yeah. I don't want to hear that from Seth. 
I don't want to sit there and hear, get your toe out of my ass from Seth. Like, I'm, I'm good. Like, the whole point of this scene is just to point out that Meredith finds it weird that Heather's so quick to support Jen, but then is very quickly ready to throw everybody else under the bus. Like, she, there's a lot of, like you said already, hypocrisy going on with Heather. And, like, do I need to see these two having a weird intimate moment? By the way, I feel bad for the cameramen. They have to stand there and film this weird interaction where Seth's like, ooh, get your toe out of my butt. Like, nah. Bro, like, it's weird. I felt uncomfortable. I don't want to see these two interact sexually, period. So, like, this was towing the line for me, and I didn't care for it. So you don't want to see a love is art thing with Seth and Meredith? Absolutely not. Well, all right. One last thing that I did want to talk about was, and I want to ask you this. Do you believe that Heather did not know that Justin lost his job? It was all over. No. I don't believe it for a second. Like, there's no way that... Lisa knew immediately, and this was last week's episode, so this was a couple days ago, whatever, in the time frame. So Lisa knew immediately, and we know Lisa's dialed into the internet, so she knows what's going on. But Heather must have known. Somebody must have reached out. They're cousins, too. Like, she made this whole stance, like, oh, Whitney, you should have told me that this happened. Like, everybody else fucking knew about it. Everybody else knew about it. So there's no way that you didn't know about it. If I heard that someone's spouse, one of my best friends, my cousin, her spouse lost their job, I'd reach out and be like, hey, is everything going all right? Like, what happened? Do you want to talk about it? Blah, blah, blah. No, Heather keeps putting on this persona like I've got so much going on that I just can't pay attention to the things around me. But yet you're being, you're actively being a terrible friend and putting your true friends in situations that they don't want to be in. Again, flip-flopped right away with Whitney once again. Whitney was the only one who came to Heather and was like, look, like you're being a bad friend. Like, this is what's going on. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're going through. I hope that you're okay, but we need to talk about this because people are getting pissed off at you. Heather flips out, breaks the fourth wall, throws her fucking audio pack. Very funny. And it's always, I don't know why, but it's the same way that Lisa did it. Like walk down a hallway into the room to the left, shut the door, opened it back up, threw the audio pack out, went back in. And like, I don't know what's going on with Heather. I really liked her. I think that I can continue to like her, but she's got to fix a couple things. Dev said it best, and she said Heather is always on the wrong side of history. Heather is very likable, but when it comes to these moments, she tends to pick the wrong sides. And it's been kind of her MO previously. Clearly, it's her MO with Jen Shaw Mm because she's still sticking by her post-guilty claim. So... I don't know. I mean, I, Heather's likable. Like, she seems down to earth and normal, but when she keeps doing all this weird shit, it, I'm starting to turn. That takes us to the main event, the Potomac. We are with the ladies of the Mid-Atlantic, and I loved this episode. This episode was great, and we can just touch on the early stuff quickly and get to what we need to talk about, and that's the burn sesh at the vineyard. But... We start out, this is an important scene because it sets up the scene for later. Ashley and Candace, for the first time in a long time, are having a sit down at Candace's house. They're just shooting the shit. Things seem to be smoothing over to the point where Candace is openly saying like, yeah, Michael sucked. Yeah, Michael was preying upon other people like Michael's a dirtbag. And Ashley's taking it in stride seemingly and like, I would love to see this relationship like continue because I think that they both have decent banter. I think that Ashley errs on the side of like always siding with her feelings, whether she's right or wrong. Whereas Candace, Candace's one-liners and comebacks are by far the best. Like she is top tier when it comes to comebacks. The problem is 
they go so below the belt, they're hard to come back from. Yeah, that is true. And I did really like, and I, I had an idea for what I wanted to do today for this, but this, that scene that you're talking about, Candace kept like flipping her hair and moving it around, and then she had like a side part, middle part, like hair all over the place. I wanted to do something where every time that you started talking, I'd change my hair, and then we'd flip back to me <laughs> on the TikTok. It's a lot and of I'd have like a middle part and then push it all the way back or whatever. It takes a lot of energy. I just, I just can't do it. But that, that was fine. I did like that. I do want to talk about one thing specifically after this scene, and I want to know if you caught it. When Mia was talking to her husband about going to Miami and she's like, you know, we got to talk about like what's off limits. What is this? What's going on? And then she brings us back to her past and she talks about how she was, I guess she was adopted and her adoptive mother lived in Miami. So she's very fond of Miami. And then when she was in her 20s, she went back to Miami with her friend. Did you hear what she said about meeting her husband? When she was a party to an affair with Daddy G, as she calls him. Daddy G. cheated on his wife with her, yeah. Daddy G cheated. On the beach. On the beach. They had sex on the beach, which, look, fine. I can get past that. But the adultery and making light of it. Yes. And talking about that, that's fucking deplorable. It is And I had to look it up because these are the types of things that I'm going to get myself into because I didn't watch the first couple of seasons and I'm not like a diehard fan. So I don't really pay attention to the first couple of seasons. You know, we're diving into it now, obviously I had to make sure that this wasn't common knowledge and it really wasn't. We didn't really, is this the first? Oh, wow. This is the first. That's, that's the thing. Like I immediately went like, Oh, people like her. Like this is, that's deplorable behavior. She's a scumbag because of this. Yeah. She stinks. Like she, I I already didn't like her, but now this is like a, a character flaw. This is, shitty behavior and to bad then, moral compass yeah and to then sit there on a reality show and say oh yeah when i met him like he was still he still had a wife and he was there by himself he wasn't in a good place obviously we know how he felt about his ex-wife if he was having sex with me in miami yeah fuck that like, fuck you like we don't know who his ex-wife is i don't know how the marriage was but i guarantee she's watching yeah I guarantee Absolutely. you she's watching this and show do you have to take a dig at her no i don't care how his previous marriage went that's none of our business. It's not on fucking public TV. We don't care. But if you sit there with a smirk on your face talking about how you stole somebody else's husband, you're a piece of shit. I'm Agreed. sorry, but like that, that is what you are. But if you watch her behavior constantly, it's not like she gives you any reason to believe she's not a piece of shit. I know, but it's, it's very easy to call somebody a piece of shit for something like this. If she's just, you know, the whole thing with Chris where she's like, oh, he's staring at me. But I never said it was sexual. Like, fuck you. And we can jump to like the tulip scene when the lady, because that kind of sets us up for the burn sesh. You know, we had that quick touch with um, Robin talking to the prenup lawyer and just like setting the boundaries for how she wants to go about that. But when they're standing there talking, this is where I get kind of confused on my feelings on everybody. Because Wendy is saying, she's owning up to the fact that she is combative, that she can get condescending, that she can be rude when it comes to like challenging other people or when people challenge her so she comes up with this idea to like set up a burn session where everyone's going to come in they're going to say what their issue is with each other so that they can try to move on now in the back of her mind she has to understand like this is a move so that she can get views and become like more iconic that's what i believe just because you know this is not going to go well like in no reality world let alone a housewives world is this going to go down without any 
disaster taking place, right? Like it's not going to happen. No, so, and we can kind of see that when Candace is sitting there telling her sister and Chris about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And Chris is like, this is, this is for the girls, right? Like, I don't have to go to this shit, right? No, no, please don't. Well, he Chris actually leaves is, the fucking like, room. He takes center stage. Let's just get right to it. Like they're going through this and it starts out pretty harmless. Like people are more giving affirmations than they are talking shit until you get to the green eyed bandits and Robin and Giselle completely fucked the whole thing up like they didn't even give it a chance to work and like this is where i get frustrated it's because look wendy is giving you an opportunity to say something constructive right i understand that her intentions might not be as good as they seem but it's a chance for you to write something down that will actually hit home hey this is my issue with you period you don't have to be cool after this but you can at least say it without warranting backlash like that's your only shot it might not work. She might cause an argument. Like, it might not be great, but you have a chance to maybe say something constructive. Nope. We're oil and water. I'm leaving it at that. Move on. I, I hated that response. I don't like when people check out of these things. If you're going to take the time to sit in a van for two and a half hours to get to the vineyard, at least go through with the process. Like, trust the process. See? And then Giselle jumps on, and then she starts yelling, and they escalate it from, like, trying to have a conversation to fuck everybody here. We're not standing for this shit. Robin gets up and fucking leaves. She's done with it. Like, I didn't, I just, that, that bugged me. Like, I just wish they could have sat there and like at least gone through this exercise. I get that. I do understand that. And I also agree with you in the sense that Robin could have taken the time to write something down that was constructive. However, if she's going to sit there and she's going to stand by her guns and say, look, we're never going to be friends. It's just not going to work. Whatever, I, I support that. If that's truly how you feel, then that's how you feel. We knew that Wendy didn't have good intentions going into this. Oh, yeah. Wendy used this as a play, like you said, one, to get views, two... It makes her look like she's right in the situation. It makes her look like she's trying, and she knows that in the guise of this show, they're going to make everybody go. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, I would have, side note, loved if Sharice was there, because we can get to the bottom of the Sharice and Karen stuff, but fine. Sharice isn't there. Well, we get a weird phone call from her. That's a lie because it's like, did you put a hand on me? No. Well, all right. So here's the thing. Wendy pushed to the point where she said, you were going to physically get into an altercation with me. I don't think that Robin was actually going to do that. Now, did did Sharice stand up and actually push push Robin back? She didn't. She... She just did like the hold me back guy. Like she he on the sideline. Like she wasn't pushing forward. Right? No, like no. she wasn't pushing against Sharice to get to Wendy. She was just standing up because not for nothing. Wendy did say like stand in your truth. So Robin stood up and yeah. like Sharice, it was a gentle hand. Like hey, hey, like calm down. It wasn't. But it, a, does, it does show where you are in the relationship of Robin and Wendy, which is clearly not good. And Robin really does not like Wendy. So we get that. Wendy sat there and did gaslight her. Like she just kept going. She's like, she no, did. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. She did. Like, why don't you calm down and sit yeah, down and talk? And that, like, that no, that's me. like, and she's trying to keep the calm voice about it because now everybody's going to look at it like, Oh, Robin blew up and completely blew this whole thing out of water. And I'm going to look good. Wendy knew what she was doing and she sat there and used Robin's aggressiveness, used Robin's anger against her and pushed it right back at her. And Robin's like, fuck this. Like, I'm not getting anywhere. I'm leaving. I think that that part of it's fine. While I don't agree with the beginning and I knew that she could be constructive about it, she didn't take that opportunity and instead it blew up. But, I mean, the biggest bomb that was dropped, and of course it's Candace and Ashley, and they start going on each other and immediately Candace is like, see, this is why I should not have trusted 
this bulbous headed bitch. <laughs> Again, it's just so funny. She like she did could. the she made the ankles comment about Giselle last week. She did the bulbous headed bitch this week. She says funny she called shit. Ashley a hoe like five times. Like she does say funny shit, yeah, but it's below the belt. It's it stuff is. that yeah. you cannot really like. You can't reel it back in after yeah. that. And Ashley brings up the fact that he was looking at Mia. He was apparently looking at somebody else and being flirty at the bar. Like, I refuse to believe that. There's no way that this man... Well, here's the question. Do you think that... Because the way that Ashley said it, she said, I didn't know that. I wasn't... That wasn't brought to my attention when I was at your house. Now, we are seemingly three, two, two or three weeks removed from the spring party when all of this supposed shit went Maybe. down. Maybe. I don't know. It could be a week. Uh, we have no idea. But we're time removed from this, yes. right? Yep. The odds that Ashley got a text message that day, because it looks like it's one day into the next between the burn session and her being at Candace's, she says, oh, I didn't know about that when I was at your house yesterday. Do you believe that? No. She no, absolutely knew second. about it, right? Yeah, no, no, no. I don't believe that at all. I think the, I, this is, and this goes across all platforms. I think these housewives find things out. They get little nuggets. They dig a little deeper and then they put it in their back pocket and they use it when they need to. No, I firmly and that's, agree with And that. we all know that. I think we all understand that going into these things. And it's not a bad move, honestly. You got to like stack up your ammo and use it when you need it. Like, I don't sure. disagree with that. But this is more of the same. Like, Ashley, I don't know what she's doing. I don't know what her intentions are with any of this. It seems like we're just kind of going to leave the Chris thing in the past. And then she brings it back up. And then Mia's just standing down there again, once again. Oh, this is all about me again. I get to smile and just smirk and be like, "Oh, he was looking at me, but I never said it was sexual." Like, all right, if it wasn't don't sexual, say anything. then he's looking around, and maybe you guys made eye contact and you made it more than what it is. We see on this the camera happen. multiple times the same thing that we just said with Sharice and Robin. Like, yeah, Sharice did hold Robin back. We see that Chris was never looking at you, nope. not once. So stop making it about yourself. You're a scumbag. Nobody cares what you have to say. So just shut up. But Ashley gave me the, it, I'll give her this at least. She didn't interject herself again. But what is Ashley doing? Like, what, is, what are her intentions with all of this? Why are we going after She's Chris? trying to stir the pot, dude. She's trying to take the spotlight off of Michael and off of her and off of the fact that her divorce got leaked probably by her ex-husband. Like, these things are all moves that she's doing in a very sloppy fashion to try to look better than Candace and look better than the rest of the people. And since Giselle started this witch hunt for Chris, it's the easiest thing to latch onto. And then she comes out and says, well, there's other DMs that were much more unsavory than mine. My biggest problem with the whole thing, if you're going to sit in this woman's house, in Chris's house, right? You're sitting in their home with them. You cannot then bring it up after the fact that you now found out this information. If you're going to take the time to enter their home out of respect for her, be like, hey, by the way, I've heard some things. Because flashback, when Candace heard some shit about Michael, she took the time to talk to Ashley without the whole group present, without making it bigger than it had to be, to try to do that out of respect for her. You owe her the same exact grace that she gave you. That's all it's about. So for Ashley to then make shit up and say to her like, oh, like, there's some other DMs that you don't know about. Bullshit, dude. And then we see a scene from next week. Candace drops the haymaker of all haymakers, the fucking nuclear bomb. She goes, yeah, well, when Michael leaves your home, he goes to bleep out the name, this person's house, to suck his dick, period. Yeah, I mean, that's great. And this actually 
one of the things that you did say brings me to something that I did want to bring up and wanted to bring it up a little more organically, but this is fine. Somebody on Twitter actually asked us, and this is a good point because they've been listening and they know what we talk about. This is from C Money at Clelly M. Shooter always says problems get solved in groups. Should Ashley have gone to Candace one-on-one? Yes. You just said yes. I think in this specific situation, I, I do stand by my words. I do think that things get solved in groups, especially in Beverly Hills. But in this situation, she had the opportunity to bring it up or leave it alone. If Ashley had not gone to Candace's the day before, should she have brought it up now? No. No? When, it's, when, it, when it is life-shattering, life-altering rumors that can ruin a marriage, a family, a business, or any of those. Absolutely not. There is a time and a place for it. It's I do not agree some with that. seeming I think... drama in between two women that are going back and forth yep. about some petty shit. This is something that can ruin Chris's life. It can get Chris fired. It can cause these two to have a separation or a divorce. There's yep. no telling the ramifications of what you're doing with such big allegations. Absolutely not in a group setting. I agree. Yeah. If, if it's something internal now, all right, let's spin it a little bit more. If this was, and we saw this already, like Ashley brought this up to Candace, should she have brought it up? No, I still do agree with you. When it has to do with a husband, when it has to do with a family, when it has to do with somebody who's not inside the group, no, you bring that up one-on-one with the person who's connected to that other person. Absolutely. If it's, again, I already talked about this, but if it's Sharice and Karen, like, yeah, absolutely. In the group, I want to see everybody's opinion on it because I want everybody's interjection. I want everybody to argue about it. you're not going to ruin their lives. No, exactly. But if it's about a husband, yes, absolutely. You owe them the respect of sitting down with them one-on-one and saying, what happened here? Like, this is what I have. I just wanted to bring it to your attention so that it doesn't come from somebody else outside of me. I don't believe anything. I don't know anything for sure, but I wanted you to be aware of it. That's the way that you do it. You don't bring it up in a group and make somebody's husband look bad, unless it's Michael Darby. I don't give a shit. I agree, but like the perfect example. But maybe that's what happens. But the perfect example Candace has been sitting on this for God knows how long. Yeah. She didn't use it. She yeah. was trying to remain silent about this blowjob rumor until Ashley, three different allegations in one sitting. One that was proven untrue. Two that was proven untrue. We've already expressed our thoughts on the Giselle thing. The Mia thing is debunked immediately because we have footage of it. You're 0 for 2. And then you throw a fucking Hail Mary and say, oh, he's DMing other people. Don't do that. And also say the name. Say the name. Say who If it you're going to do that, say the name. Don't, and then, don't leave them anonymous. And then they took the time to reach out to you and they know that you're on a show and you have a platform to do this and they know that they're going to see something like this on the show. Bring them into it. Because they clearly want the attention. Yeah. So like, give it to them. Yep. And that gives us some kind of like, okay, well, you have some evidence. Let's see it then. But if you're just going to throw allegations out there, then you deserve to have this gigantic rumor that your husband's out here giving blowies on the side thrown in your face. And it shows you that Candace is not trying to stir the shit up. She's trying to move the fuck on. Leave my husband alone. Yep. You guys keep trying. It's not fucking landing. You know what? You want a real rumor? Here's a fucking name. And he's sucking his dick. Mic drop, I'm out. I fucking loved it. And I'm like, I'm here for Candace, which is hysterical because previous seasons, not a huge Candace fan, yeah. honestly. But this is bullshit. The way that they're treating Chris, the way they're treating Candace, like stop reaching for storylines. Something will happen. Something will come up. There's enough drama in this group where something will be brought to light where we can latch onto it for a season. But that brings us to our question portion. Um, We have a ton of questions tonight, so I'm going to pick as many as I can. Up first. Oh, I like this one. 
from Sleary IC. Did you consider that people drink IPAs for the higher alcohol percentage? Gets <laughs> the job done. Look, as, <laughs> as a former alcoholic, trust me, I understand the concept of drinking bad beer for a higher alcohol content. I used to get like those gigantic pounders of, I don't, I don't even know what the names of them were half the time. They're just like spiked malt liquor. Oh, and Jesus I would like take Christ. them you to the face. were drinking like Four Locos, yeah. yeah. Like the the bad cousin of Four Locos that no one ever heard of before in some skeevy gas station. That's what I was doing. So yeah, that concept's not lost on me. But if you're going to do that, then don't tell me how good the beer is because it has fruit like or some kind of essence of honey or lavender like go fuck yourself give me a Coors Light and move on no see I, I'm happy we brought this back up because I've had some time to think about it have you yeah when you drink you drink every weekend you have a bunch of beers especially when the Phillies are in the World Series you got the Eagles going on at the same time there's a lot of times that you're gonna be out boozing I'm not much of a hard liquor guy but I will sit there if I drink too many Michelob Ultras if I drink too many Corona Lights like on the lighter side I like to mix it up with something a little different. Tastes a little different. Something like a pumpkin beer we talked about last oh, week. Oh, stop it. I, I like pumpkin beers. I like lagers. I like, like, you like Yingling. Yingling's a different type of beer. Yeah, but still, it's, it's craft not, beer, though. It's technically. Not, it's not an IPA. All right, fine. IPAs, some of them are good. Some of them have, you know, a little taste of orange in them. You like to, ta- you like to get that. No. Nope. People like Blue Moon. Blue Moon's not an IPA, but it tastes it's different Belgian than a white beer. All right, but that's a craft beer. I uh, you're only going to IPAs. Take... Yes. What about stouts? Ah, uh, yeah. Like if you're in Ireland and you want to crush a Guinness, sure. And I like Guinness on like you know certain occasions, but I just don't think I, that's you know celebratory. What? It, the IPA thing comes back to how IPA people act. That's well, what that's gets fine, me. That's, they that's, sit there with some fucked up glass. It looks like a goblet to drink some beer with six inches of head on it where they have foam on their face. And like, mmm, this one's delicious. Like, no, it's not. I saw you grimace when you drank it because it's too fucking right, bitter. Well, Put your chalice down, sir, and get a fucking pint glass and drink a beer like a normal human being. But anybody who feels strongly about something like that, I'm going to lump them in with the CrossFit people. Oh, I was wow. fucking flipping a goddamn fuck tire you. the other day. Was, I took a sledgehammer to a tire the other day. Like, you fuck said off. Don't per- lift weights uh, and be a person. You said it perfectly. IPA people are CrossFit people. Those that people, is my yeah, stance. But the, I'm talking about the people that sit there and they do like the, and then they taste it and they're like, oh, that was delicious. Like, no, just drink the goddamn beer. Like, you don't do that when you drink any other beer. So just have a good time. You ordered a beer. Enjoy it if that's what you enjoy and keep your mouth shut. The good thing is, how long have I had this stance? I, this is not. I know uh, this is. I've been new. doing this yeah. for years. Yeah, so I've like, been doing it for like ten years. Ooh, oh, this is what. That's such a politer way to say this. Mary kiss dis. Oh yeah. Instead of, I, like I still like boink Mary kill better. Yeah, so right. we're gonna do boink Mary kill. <laughs> From Mary had a little. Mary kiss dis or boink Mary kill. Heather from Salt Lake, Karen from Potomac, or Garcelle from Beverly Hills. That's a tough one. That's a really tough Great one. Great lineup, Mary had a little. Oh, um, hmm. I'm going to. This is tough, man. Wow. I got mine, though. Yeah, I'm going to marry Garcelle, boink, Karen, kill Heather. Yeah, same. Oh, really? Yeah, same. Oh, there we go. I mean, it makes the most sense, Garcelle. I, I, I... I could see myself having a nice life with Garcelle. Just, yeah, you know, but I could like also. Enjoying her company. I could also see myself having a nice life with Karen. However, there's the, you know, there were some rumors. Candace said there's some rumors. There's she, some might, rumors. she might have a boyfriend on the side, Mr. Blue Eyes. So 
Garcelle, there's no rumors. I'm going to marry her. Blank Karen. Heather, this is so funny because three weeks ago, like, I, this would have been very different. This would have been very different. I, I think I'm, I'm still trying to think in the, the minds that I was in three weeks ago. I'm not changing my answer. I'm staying with it. All right. From Mr. Jared Barnes, do you think Giselle and Ashley are being equally messy? Yes. I would agree. Yeah, I, yeah. I think they're on par with each yeah, other. Yeah, I for think sure. that they're both kind of attacking this thing the complete wrong way. Yep. From Amy Jin, the place to be. Ooh, that's, that's tough to say. Amy Jin, in, Amy, oh, <laughs> Amy G in the place to be, not Amy Jin, the place to be. <laughs> I've I've been good lately. You have been good. I've been good lately. It's just funny when this rears its ugly head. (laughs) It's like when I couldn't say my name in the beginning of the podcast. Is Mia good TV or getting old quick with the messiness? I can't decide. Oh, she's terrible. I can't wait to see her. I couldn't stand her the first time she came onto the TV screen. Look, Potomac has too many wives as it is, I think, and we're not getting any Sharice, so get rid of Mia. Bring Sharice in. Yeah, yeah. See you later. All in all, solid week of Bravo TV. There was a lot of like big drama in the news, a lot of big drama elsewhere. So I'm excited to see where Salt Lake goes because it is a solid season overall. This wasn't like my favorite episode, but it's still good, right? And like I do like that the drama is mellow. Other than obviously in Potomac, the Chris shit can get that could get much worse. And I don't love that. I think they need to move on from it. it it's run its course. I think it ran its course two weeks ago. We're now at the point, like, we need to move the fuck on. Oh, yeah. But overall, like, the cast of characters in Potomac will always and forever be my favorite. So I'm enjoying this time in our Bravo life way more than the last 10 weeks of Beverly Hills. So I'm grateful for that. But that's all I got. You got anything else? No, I'm good to roll. All right. Well, I will say keep an eye on our accounts. Once again, we've got big things popping. Um, we got some other stuff that we're going to announce sh- November 21st, right? Yep. November 21st. November 21st. On your calendar. Mark your calendar. It's a big one. That's by our biggest one to date. So November 21st, you'll be hearing from your bros. Other than that, we're done. Brav bros are out of here. See you next week. Bye.